you know you've blown your nose too much when like the inside like even to touch it. I was washing my yeah. face today and I was like Volume up in my head a little bit. From VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. The crew, the crew, the crew. Are we on? <laughs> okay, yeah. good. While well, I'm echoing the crew. <laughs> good morning to you and welcome to JP, Kathy, and the crew. Super excited to have you with us today um, and and all the days you tune in. We love that. Thank you. Um, we've got Lathan Watts, who has his own podcast now on our network, which we'll be talking about that a little bit later. Um, Lathan is also with First Liberty, which he'll have his First Liberty hat on for a short time this morning, and then he takes it off. Exactly. Just yep. disclaimer, full yep. disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and we also have uh, one of our former Miss um, Texas, our, one of our forever Miss Texas um, winners who will be on the show today. And then I think we're going to have um, either Chuck or Andrew or both of them from Kilroy's Conversation. I've got my new, a new baseball cap. It's um, Carry the Load. I um, was it. able to participate. Yeah, I just was able to participate um, for a while Sunday um, uh, in the Carry the Load uh uh, festivities and um, honor the way they honor our military and those we've lost. Um, amazing, just uh, amazing. I, I will forever uh, be a part of that from now on. Just um, God bless those who served. God bless those who are still keeping their uh, memory alive. I, I just, I, I think I cried five times on Sunday. You know, just and you're like, oh, shocking. Kathy being right. emotional must be a day that ends in Y. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. There, there you go. So, uh, anyways, glad you're with us. And um, Lathan, let's let's go ahead. First Liberty hat first Liberty on. Hat. Okay. Um, let's talk about some of eventually. The I'm just things. going to bring an actual First Liberty hat. That would be hilarious. So I can just literally take it off and go. Okay, and so now and now the that would be the funniest. That would yeah. be the funniest thing in the world. <clears throat> I double dog dare you to do that. All right. <laughs> All right, so what, um, because I know now, it's, you know, we've got uh, college and high school graduations yeah. going on. You're hearing about valedictorian speeches. This is not new. This is nope. every, every, year, every year. Every yep. year. So let's let's talk about it. Yeah, uh, tis the season, so yes. they say, uh, around the office. Uh, May and June, uh, we yep. can, it's almost like clockwork. We can expect uh, some valedictorian or some speaker, <clears throat> student speaker at a high school graduation right. ceremony is going to get in contact with us because some either well-meaning, um, misinformed high school principal or superintendent, sometimes it's a principal or superintendent who's got their own agenda, but most of the time it's a well-meaning right. high school official who doesn't really understand um, what the law is, tells some valedictorian that he or she cannot mention uh, their faith in their graduation right. speech. And we're, and we're not just talking Christianity. And no, again, what I love about um, yep. First Liberty is you guys fight for all religions. Absolutely. So yep. any faith anywhere in America, uh, as long as that person's just trying to live according to what they believe in a way that's keeping with the law and the constitution, we will protect your right to do so. And, um, so we had a couple of wins last week. Uh, both of them happened to be in Michigan, um, where two, uh, high school graduation speakers, um, uh, were each told, 
uh, no, you can't mention God. You can't mention your personal faith uh, in your speech at graduation. And this comes from, like I said, a lot of times it's a misunderstanding. Uh, the school thinks that because they're a public school and it's a ceremony that the, that the school is putting on, that somehow allowing a student to mention God or mention their uh, religious beliefs in their speech uh, puts the school in danger of violating the Establishment Clause of the Constitution, and it simply just does not. And it, it explains, for those who are maybe new to the crew, to, let's talk about the Establishment Clause. Okay. This so is, because this is important in so many cases. very first words in the very first amendment in the Bill of Rights say, Congress will make no law respecting the establishment of a religion. The next clause, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, we typically refer to that as the Free Exercise Clause. So the Establishment Clause was written so that there would not be an official church of the United States, just like England had the Church of England. It's what we broke away from. Exactly. Yeah. They, did not, they did not want there to be an official church of the United States of America. Now, the Constitution was written, as, as you know, to restrict the federal government, and the Bill of Rights even initially did not apply to the states. Right. Twelve of the 13 states at the time they adopted the Constitution did have official state religions. Right. Some of them had a religious test for office which is also prohibited by the U.S. Constitution yes. for federal office in Article 6. But at the time, the, the intent of the Establishment Clause is that there is no official state church. Okay, You're not going to ever be taxed to support a church. You're not ever going to be compelled to um, go to church, uh, to the official state church, yeah, or any you, church you won't for be, that yeah, matter. You're not going to be forced. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're not forced to practice a religion at all. Right. Hence the reason you have agnostic and atheists and yeah, things exactly. of that nature. Yeah. Um, it was never intended as some blanket prohibition on uh, the role of faith in public life. And that's what it has sort of devolved into over time. Right. It's actually pretty simple. You, there's not going to be an official church in the United States of America. That's pretty much it. It takes lawyers and judges to complicate something <laughs> that know, simple. I'm like, I'm like, okay, that seems pretty straightforward to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so over time, lawyers and judges but have complicated it. Right. And, uh, but that's, um, you know, a big part of the work that, that we do at, First Liberty, when there's a misunderstanding on this sort of thing, we represented both of these uh, high school students, and we sent a letter uh, to both schools explaining that that speech is the student's speech. He or she is not speaking on behalf of the school district. Right. Therefore, it's not government speech. It's and that individual. it is no yes. endorsement by that government, the school district, of right. any sort of religion. Right. It's the, the student's speech. And if they're truly that worried about it, that somebody in the audience is going to think, the school has officially established Christianity or whatever the faith that speaker is right. mentioning as the official religion of that school district. It's a really simple fix. You put a one-sentence disclaimer on the graduation program that just says all the the uh, the thoughts and, and comments, comments expressed yeah. by the speakers are the speakers and do not necessarily reflect that of the school district. Bingo. It's simple. Done deal. Yeah. Right? That's all you have to do right. if you're really that worried about it. You really don't even have to do that. You don't the, have the to. The law is that speech just, is the student's Exactly. Speech. But I think because especially, unfortunately, today <clears throat> we run in a, in, a, in a very paranoid society. With, yeah, exactly. When it comes to everything, pretty much. Um, so if you, as the superintendent of that school district or if the school board or whatever the case may be, the principals of those high schools, then just have, just have that as part of the program from now on. Right. It, you're already covered. This way, you're double covered. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, or whoever is the MC of the ceremony can just simply say it when they get up. There you go. You know, to open the, yeah. the graduation ceremony. It's no big right. deal. Um, it's really not. You know, it, 
it shouldn't be a problem. You're right. We're in a very litigious society, and the establishment clause yes, we are. body of law is the only area of the law where we allow offended observers <laughs> to have standing to bring lawsuits. We're hashtagging that, offended observers. Right? Yep. Because... And, and we do. And it's the only area of the law where we allow that. Every, <gasps> every other area of the law, in civil law, you have to be able to demonstrate some sort of harm to have standing to bring the, the litigation. But in this, when it comes to the Establishment Clause, all you got to do is be offended by the presence of something, and you can go to court and try to have it removed. Well, and look how many millions upon millions upon millions upon billions of dollars and hours have been spent just defending the Establishment Clause. And, just, and again, it's because somebody's driving by and they're like, oh, I think that bothers me today. Exactly. I mean, I, I this always, statue's only been here 50 years, but today it bothers me. Right. I mean, that okay. was the, the big Supreme Court case that we won two years ago, yeah. the Bladensburg World War I Memorial, which yep. is nearly 100 years old and had been there nearly 100 years yeah. not bothering anybody until and a couple of, of folks from the Humanist Association decided it bothered them and yep. filed a lawsuit to tear it down. And look at what look what happened as a result of that. How much yeah. time, it money? Took, it took years, and yeah. we finally got to the Supreme Court. And thankfully, the Supreme Court said not only does the Bladensburg World War I Memorial yep. not violate the Establishment Clause, but this whole notion that we've that we've that we have used to to analyze these ki- these types of cases right. for thirty to forty years, we're going right. to get rid of that too, and kind of go back to the original intent of the First Amendment. And from now on, if a monument or a symbol or a practice is in keeping with the history and tradition of this yep. country, it's presumed constitutional. Yeah. And in that opinion, Justice Thomas wrote a concurrence. And I, I think it was Alito joined it. There were two names on right, it. It was right, Thomas's. Right. I, I forget the, the second justice that joined him in it. But Thomas pointed out in his concurrence, he said, you know, while we're at it, and I'm glad we got rid of this old case, this Lemon versus Kurtzman test. I'm glad we're, yep. we're replacing that. But we should have also gotten rid of offended observer status as standing for bringing these lawsuits. Yep. And he points out, this is the only area of the law that we allow this, and we shouldn't. And, and why case, do we? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he said, I mean, this case specifically should have been dismissed for lack of standing. Yeah. The Humanist Association should not even have been allowed into court to challenge this because they're not harmed by the presence of a monument. And, that, and that's, you know, and I think that's where, that's kind of a bigger part. And, and let us know when um, we have um, Madison in the waiting room um, because Lathan and I could talk about this literally for five hours every day. Um Again, those are the things that get people fired up because it's, I woke up today and I read this and so I'm going to be mad about this today. This is what I'm going to choose to be offended about today. And it seems like it's just, it's so easy to take that and then get some credibility, I guess. Like even being in front of the Supreme Court for a case like this gives the angry, upset, I'm offended by everything, folks, credibility and a leg to stand on when you're right in other areas of the law you yeah. can't do that yeah, exactly i mean i always you know when i talk about this case and i'm going to be speaking next week at the um at the flower mound gop club oh yeah um, and i'll talk about this case yeah um, because it's the biggest case on the establishment clause in probably 30 to 40 years um but i always say you know think of it this way like i live in the metroplex if i drive around certain areas of dallas within 15 minutes i can probably see half a dozen billboards that I find fairly offensive. Yeah. Right? Oh. Nobody would allow me. They would laugh me out of the courtroom if I walked in and tried to file a lawsuit to say that billboard's got to come down because I don't like it. Yeah. It, 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 I have to drive by it five days a week and it upsets me. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, and we'll, we'll come back to this um, because, this, you know, I find this fascinating. Um, but in the meantime, we have got Madison on with us. There she is. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are y'all? It's great to see you. It's been a while. We had you on the radio station, and, and you've been a little busy in the meantime. And first of all, let's go ahead and introduce yourself. And, um, oh, and of course, I think I see either an engagement picture or a wedding picture in the background. So we, I, I definitely yeah. have to talk about your <laughs> wedding. You looked gorgeous. And you had to do it during a pandemic. So I want to hear all of, of course, the personal stuff. Um, but you look beautiful. And um, let's talk about when you, you served as Miss Texas and, um, and then go from there. Yeah, so last time y'all saw me, I was Miss Texas back in 2018, and we know a lot has happened since then. Um, I did get married. That's my husband. You see back there in that Yay! picture. Um, so I was a COVID bride, which is so much fun. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> just resuming normal life now. We live in Tyler, so we're in East Texas and loving every minute of it. I love it. So, okay, so talk to me, because the last time we saw you, obviously, you were, um, you were Miss mm -hmm. Texas, you were engaged, um, or you, no, you, you got engaged at the right. end, end of, end of your um, reign as Miss Texas. Is that right? Yes. Okay, yes. that's right. So I don't, I think I came to y'all in the spring, and then, that's um, it. Miss Texas happens over the summer, and we got engaged that fall. That's right, that's right. And then, um, and, and you're a teacher, I am. So I teach kindergarten. Um, I'm going to my fourth year now. So I taught for a year prior to winning Miss Texas. And then as soon as my reign was over, headed back to the classroom and love every minute of it. Well, and I love seeing, of course, I follow you on social media and we want to talk about how people can follow you and um, what you're involved in um, now, um, besides being a newlywed. Um, but I always love like the pictures of like, there was a picture of you with um, all your kids hugging you at the end of the school year. I thought that was so sweet. I just love that so much. Um, so talk to me about teaching. Well, first of all, I, okay, a couple of things during a pandemic. I want to know, because at first you guys had, y'all were planning a big wedding, you know, kind of what you, mm -hmm. your traditional wedding that you, that most people, you know, um, well, I don't even, I'm, I'm so old. I should probably shouldn't even, even say that. Uh, you were planning a traditional wedding, the normal big wedding right. with people, you know, tons of folks and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so how did the pandemic change that and then also because we talk about this a lot especially we've got an education show ask dr be good actually your sister was on her show the other day um and, oh, okay. and yeah and she, so we've been talking about education in the pandemic so talk to me about being a bride and getting married during the pandemic as well as being a teacher of very young children during the pandemic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, being a bride, the best word I can describe is unconventional. Yeah. Uh, when we got engaged, <laughs> we had no idea what was coming our way. We you know, were planning this wedding and invited 500 people to it and always knew we wanted to have a big wedding. Had been waiting for that moment for so long after competing for four years. I met Drew early on in my pageant career, so he waited patiently while I pursued that dream and was so sweet and loving throughout all of that. <laughs> so it had been a long time coming, and we were so excited, and then everything happened and you know it was one of those situations where I was grateful for everything that I learned while being with Texas because if you learn anything it is to be adaptable and flexible yes. and just roll with the punches <laughs> so I applied those skills throughout that and uh, we ended up still getting married on our actual date which we just celebrated our first anniversary which is May 30th so we had a very intimate small wedding and um, like I said not what we planned at all but it was actually 
so sweet and everything that I never knew I would actually want in a wedding. And then later <clears throat> in the summer of last year, we had our actual wedding where we were able to celebrate with our friends and family and um, still have that day. But like I said, in a little bit of an unconventional way, teaching in the pandemic, I mean, my five-year-olds, I will sing their praises all day long because they handled it like champs. And I think because they did, that made my job a lot easier. This was by far the hardest year that I've ever had as a teacher. Add the pandemic on top of that, and it just made for a very fun mixture there. But um, like I said, they were such good sports about it. They wore their masks. Um, they, you know, had as good of a year as they possibly could you know we took out a lot of those fun things that we normally do in kindergarten so trying to adjust and make sure that they still had a great experience was a challenge but I feel like we accomplished it and I'm super proud of them and what they achieved this year and I love that I love hearing that you know young kids I, I think um when they're younger like that and you don't I mean you don't have all the experience like our experience of school is yeah. set in stone is how you know how like Lathan and I how it was when we went to school when mm -hmm. you went to school it was different you know so I think if they're if you're younger and especially it and I noticed a lot you know I used to teach high school and some of my former students are teachers and the ones who teach the little bitty ones um they just they said they made it like an adventure and so the kids just yeah. every day you know were excited now did you do remote learning or um, in person, or did y'all have a combination thereof? How did y'all do that? Yeah, it was a combination for us, which was also challenging. So while I was teaching my, I started the year 16, while I was teaching those 16 in person, I also had online learners. So my course load and my <laughs> workload there kind of doubled, um, but we were able to make it through. And, you know, that was a challenge that I set for myself because they don't know any different. This, I mean, their first year of true school as kindergartners um, it was important to me that I made sure, despite all the precautions, all the guidelines, that I did everything I could to make it as normal and as fun and as um, memorable as I could because that's the only kindergarten experience they were going to get. And it wasn't their fault that, you know, they were coming right. in at such a weird and funky time. So um, I set that challenge for myself to make sure that, you know, while we were following all those protocols and all of those precautions that we still we still enjoyed kindergarten and um, made learning fun. Well, I love that, especially because so many kids, if they don't go to some type of preschool or Mother's Day out, or, mm -hmm. oh gosh, that's probably like an outdated term now, I don't know. <laughs> if they haven't gone to some type of pre preschool right. or pre-K, even if it's just a couple of days a week or three days a week or two hours a day, then mm -hmm. kindergarten is their first educational experience. And I, I don't think people realize um, what a tremendous, I think after the pandemic, everybody realizes what a tremendous asset teachers are to our society. But I don't, I don't know that people sit there and think, wow, it is the job of a kindergarten teacher, not only obviously to meet your criteria and teach the subject matter mm -hmm. and have them hit certain you know, certain, uh, you know, right. uh, I don't know what the term is I'm looking for, uh, certain things throughout the year, but <clears throat> you're setting them up for either success or failure mm -hmm. in, in their whole educational career. I, you know, I remember, I think back very fondly on kindergarten and my teacher, and I remember, you know, my brother, like he cried when he had to leave kindergarten. Okay, Kelly's gonna be really <laughs> mad that I said that. But he, he just loved his, he loved his kindergartner te kindergarten teacher so much that he couldn't imagine having anybody else as a teacher, even though, mm -hmm. you know, he had a great first grade teacher, but still it's one of those things that that really can stick with you and, and mm -hmm. set a kid off on the right foot or not. So 
so do you feel any pressure, <laughs> Madison? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you set that tone for sure. So it's up to you to set a positive or a negative tone. I hope that I'm someone that set that positive tone. That's the other side of teaching that nobody prepares you for. These, I mean, 21 five-year-olds, they became my people. I'm with them yeah. I'm with my family, and they yep. really do. They become your people. And then all of a sudden, as soon as you've gotten close and formed those bonds, like, okay, they're on to their next their next thing and so that's a hard thing to you know grow so close to them and invest in them and love them and then you have to let go of them and it's hard but it's part of the job and um you know each group has a special place in my heart but this group specifically just with everything that we've been through this year they're my people they, they are they're they are they're your folks well and um, let's talk um are you still involved in the pageant world are you still um, doing any work with the miss texas scholarship or anything like that what um what what else i mean besides being a newly besides being a teacher during right. the pandemic so what else are you doing madison <laughs> yeah well i mean it's kind of been a, again an unconventional year when it comes to miss texas i didn't return last year because there wasn't a pageant to return to right so it's been kind of crazy you know what we've been through this past year but um i hope in the future in the years down the road um i am able to volunteer more with the organization i am so grateful for everything that it's done for me and um i think the big thing that sticks out to me are just the relationships that were formed with the people the volunteers yes um the staff members just everybody a part of that miss texas family um it truly is a family that i'm so grateful for um one thing that did kind of carry with me in this past year is because of miss texas and the scholarships that i won from dbu i was able to complete my master's and just graduated this past may oh congratulations thank you yeah that's so fantastic so to the organization um it's completely debt-free and that wouldn't have been possible without the Miss Texas organization and um, the scholarships that they provide. So it does carry with you way past ever wearing a crown. And yes. It's just something that I'm super grateful for. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't think, and that's something we talk about and we talked about that a lot with Chandler um, this year and, mm -hmm. and our other forever Miss Texas um, winners like yourself is the, um, you know, the impact of that scholarship money the impact it has yes, on your life, it literally, um, you know, to, to, I mean, there's nobody is walking out of college debt free. I just, I don't know right. of anyone, you know, and so that's such a great opportunity. Talk about some of the other things in your, um, in your everyday life now and your career and everything where Miss Texas and being part of that competition has made, made a difference. I mean, the interview process prepares you for just about anything. Yes. Uh, so I recently, I'm switching schools this next year, and um, I called my mom right after my interview, and I was like, thank goodness for what Miss Texas taught me. I mean, if you can survive a Miss Texas interview, you can do anything. <laughs> and really, I mean, the speaking skills and the ability to just talk with people and things that you don't believe are that hard, but really the experiences that Miss Texas gave me have really prepared me for all facets of life. And um, I just feel really grateful for that because it prepared me to, you know, take that into my career and beyond. And um, since completing my years in Texas, I've started a fashion and lifestyle blog. Um, Fantastic. Kind of taken over as a new hobby for me now that I'm done with the pageant world and uh, now a forever Miss Texas. So it really just opens up so many doors in so many different ways. Well, and, and how do people find your, um, your fashion blog? How, how, do they, how do they follow you? How do they find that information? 
so the blog is madisonpageblog.com. Um, Instagram is my main avenue. Okay. Uh, it's kind of a hobby that I'm trying to take off a little bit more now um, in addition to teaching, but it's so much fun, something I love to do, fashion and um, beauty and all those things, home decor. Um, just a passion that I've found since hanging up my crown. I love it. I love it. That's so great. Okay, we, you're you're going to be one of the, you know, we've got the Miss Texas competition back on this year. So um, uh, Miss Texas will be happening in, I think, May, the third week of May or something like that. No, third of June. I'm sorry. Third week of June. Is that right? Is yes, that right? and finals are June 26th in Richardson. That's it. Yes, because I know we're going to, JP and I are going to be out there um, broadcasting from there oh, at least at least one of the days. So we're real excited about that. So, um, okay, you're one of the last interviews that we'll be having before the new Miss Texas is crowned. Mm-hmm. An amazing, I, I was able to judge the spring workshop, um, the interview portion of the spring workshop. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like an impromptu speech. It was a new seg- segment that they did. And uh, let me tell you, I, I do not envy those judges. It's tough, tough competition. Right. I mean, just so many amazing young ladies mm-hmm. um, that just have such a heart for service for their state. Right. Um, what advice would you give to them as they prepare in these last few weeks? And, and your sister is one of these young ladies as well. So what advice would you give your sister? Right. What advice would you give to these mm-hmm. ladies who are getting ready to compete in June? So I competed for five years. I was actually third runner-up three times and then was first runner-up to Margana Wood the year before I won and then won on my fifth try. Um, I don't think a whole lot changed about me personally. I grew over those five years. Um, But it was the same Madison that showed up every year. And so I think my best advice is, you know, you can be your absolute best self. Um, If they're looking for an apple and you're an orange, that's okay. I think, you know, you don't want to get lost in that experience. And so just be yourself. And if it's supposed to happen, if that's in God's plan and that's in your path, it's going to happen and it's going to need to be amazing. But if it's not meant to be, it's not going to happen. And that's okay. And it may be later down the road. It may be never, but, um, you know, what's meant to be will be right. And, you know, have fun, enjoy it. But, you know, there are so many beautiful aspects of life and this is just one of them. And so, um, yeah, just be yourself and enjoy it because if you're supposed to be in the Texas, you're going to be in the Texas on June 26th. I love not. it. There's great well things ahead. Very, very well said. Well, thank you so much, Madison, for coming back on. We've missed you, um, but it's just it's been great um, following you on social media and seeing all the great things happening for you. And just God bless you, and we wish you nothing but the best and hope to see you again sometime. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks, Madison. Take care. Y'all have a good one. You too. All right. That was Madison Fuller-Evans. Now we've got one one year of marriage under her belt, so um, really excited. And that is great advice because um, having met so many of these contestants and having had our the Miss Texas Ambassadors on our show, and then a couple <coughs> of the young ladies, including um, uh, Madison's sister, who who um, you know wrote children's books during the pandemic, um, the judges have got tough gig and you're right sometimes it's not meant to be but you know the skills you learn and all that kind of stuff um you know can take you really far so um just just very very exciting well um let's talk okay so let's put okay so take your your first liberty hat off because i want to talk about your show which we're going to have your second one today Today. so let's the name of it when when can people see you yeah um Let's t- let's talk about okay. this this vision that you've brought to fruition. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, my vision, other people's nightmare. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so the show is called the Snarky Parenthetical. And which, which we, when you get to know Nathan, I mean Lathan outside. I'm sorry, looking at the handle over there. When you get to know Lathan outside of his first liberty. You have no idea how appropriately named this show is. <laughs> everybody that I told when I when I decided on the name, I had people, everybody that I when I told them the name, they're like, "Oh, that's perfect." Or I had you know old friends that I told them, "Hey, I'm doing this thing," and here and I sent them the link, and they're like, "Well, on the name alone, I'm going to listen." Uh, I love and I, it. And it comes from we talked about this on the on the first show. It comes from uh, I get to uh, I'm lucky enough to get to do some writing in my day job and the guy that um is sort of my editor on stuff that i write he he mentioned to me one time he's like you you sort of mastered the art of the snarky parenthetical of you know you state you know sort of what the other side's case is or or the fact or whatever it is you're talking about and then the next little phrase is going to be your you know take on it or whatever. yeah so when he told me that it just sort of stuck in my head and i liked the 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 phonetics of it it's, oh, fun, it's fun to say. It, it is. Snarky, Snarky parenthetical. parenthetical right? Oh, it's a great. It's and great. So that just sort of stuck in my head for a little while. And then uh, when y'all talked to me about doing a show, I was like, well, I think that would be a good name. Yeah. Um, so that's where the name comes from. Uh, we record on Fridays. Uh, once, you know, So it's a once a week. Uh, we shoot for about 30 minutes. We actually went a little long the first time because we sort of explained a, a lot about the show. But um, our goal is always to have about 30 minutes, so it's not a huge commitment of time for the listener or the watcher. Yep. Um, it'll come out Friday evening, so it's kind of a good way to unwind on the way home after, yeah. the, after the work week, start your weekend with something that will hopefully uh, give you something to think about. Never our goal to tell you what to think. Um, you're you're going to hear a lot about what I think. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, uh, and hopefully make you laugh a little bit, or as we said on the on the first show, you know, at least chuckle, maybe chortle. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think there's enough chortling in America. We uh, need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the first merchandise from the show is shirts that say "Make America Chortle yeah. Again." Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, and everybody's so, so it serious. It's, yeah. you know, that's what I love about your show that, you know, everybody is so, everybody's mad about vaccines, masks, um, the president, the, you know, you know, the election. People are still, everybody's, you, any day you open up social media, I'm like, oh gosh, what's everybody going to be ticked off about today? Yeah. And so to have a show where it just kind of, it's a way to escape. It takes you away from that. It's smart humor, which I love. Um we need more of that in the world. I think so. I mean, we really do. Know, we are going to talk about. I mean, because it's a, it's the end of the week, and so usually the first segment we'll kind of look back on you know news, maybe some political stuff. Because yep. I mean, how can I not? That's just sort of what I've done yeah. for many many years. I mean, you've been an elected uh, official. You know, yeah. you've, I mean, this has been part of your world. So yeah. so we'll yeah. talk about some of that stuff, but not you know in in this sort of life and death uh, <laughs> manner. Yes. I mean, um, you know, there are some serious things, but I, you know, I, I think they're uh, uh, worthy of having some fun poked at them as well. Because um, sometimes you got to laugh to keep them crying. You know? yeah. So we'll do usually yeah. a segment just kind of covering some current events at the top of the show. Middle segment will uh, probably be something a little lighter, music, movies, you know, something in the entertainment world. And the last segment is just sort of where I untangle my own mind on the air right. and it's just whatever is bugging me <laughs> i'm going to talk about it and i'm i'm mildly irritated about it okay i'm not mad 
Because to really be angry about it, I would have to care. And, and you don't. And I don't. <laughs> and uh, let's just face it. <laughs> no, I don't. But I am a little bit irritated by some things. And I find it irritating that other people aren't irritated by it. And so I'm going to talk about those things in the third segment of the show. Um, so. Uh, I love that. <laughs> hopefully it's, uh, you, you'll find it, like I said, you know, humorous, entertaining. At the very least, it might make you feel better about yourself. Like you listen to this guy and go, well, I'm not that nuts. <laughs> well, at least I don't think about almond milk. Okay, so I'm going to, and I need Nathaniel to put the camera over on you for this one because this is just, can you talk about the whole almond milk and how that came to be? And the whole discussion on that. Oh, the bit that, that we did on almond milk. I yeah. just, for some reason, that just cracks me up. And I think it started, I mean, well, I'm going to let you tell the story of, of where this conversation came from. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, the <laughs> third bit, the third uh, segment in the in the show last week, and you can find it on YouTube. You, you uh, search Snarky Parenthetical. It's on, um, uh, We the show has its own Facebook page. Um, if you search, you know, Snarky Parenthetical, you'll find it there. And you can, you can uh, zoom past um, whatever else you want if you want to watch this segment. Anyway, I was I was in the office uh, getting coffee because uh, that's sort of the tagline for the show is I'm highly caffeinated and mildly irritated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I was, I was getting coffee in the office, and I was looking for uh, creamer and couldn't find any. The only thing I could find was this stuff called almond milk. <laughs> and I was telling Stan on the show, I was like, I couldn't bring myself to put it in my coffee because yeah. I don't know what this is. <laughs> like, what? What is this substance? <laughs> I know what it's not. It's not milk. Okay? It's not. No. <laughs> um, and so I just sort of, it just sort of devolved from there. I just sort of kind of went on a rant about almond milk, about, like, I don't know what this is. Like, from a forensic scientific perspective, <laughs> I know what form of matter it is. It is a liquid, <laughs> but it is not milk. But it's I, in the milk section. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and how did er, the thousands of bureaucrats at the FDA miss this? Like they regulate every aspect of food, and these people got away with calling this milk without even like there should at least be an asterisk, and then on the bottle at the bottom it says not milk because it's not. Like, and I, I, you know, was telling you know, on the show, I was like, look, I, I like almonds. I've eaten probably thousands of them in my lifetime. I never saw one that had an udder on it. No. So, therefore, this is not it. almond milk. I don't know what it is, and this and this bothers me. So, as just an example of what you're in store one of, for, one of the segment three on the show, it could be anything as mundane as almond milk. Um, I think today we're going to talk about a certain on-air um, sportscaster whose hair. Um, I find mildly irritating. Oh, uh, and I can't, I can't wait to hear this. So oh, I can't the, wait to hear this because I'm sitting here thinking, do I know who this sports figure is? I just might. Yeah, you probably would. <laughs> I just might. Yeah. Um, and it's nothing personal against him. He just happened to be the guy who was on the screen while I was waiting to get my haircut. And I looked up and I saw this and I just... You're like, wait a second. Yeah. Um, well, and so, so people can tune in what time and how and where. Right. So we... Um, should be posted uh, by uh, 5 p.m. on Fridays. That's what we shoot for. It kind of <laughs> depends on how long it takes us to um, to record and get everything gotcha. done. Um, but our goal is always, you know, in that drive time hour at the end of the week, um, you know, the audio will be up, uh, Spotify, everywhere else Love that all, all the, your other all shows the places, yep. uh, are up. Uh, video will be on YouTube. Uh, we'll also post it on the show's Facebook page, Snarky Parenthetical. So um, people can follow you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go to follow right now. 
Because they follow you on uh, Facebook right now? Yeah. And on, okay. Uh, yeah, the, so there's a page, uh, the Snarky Parenthetical. You should be able to find it there. Um, you can find, I mean, I'll always post it on my personal page as well. Right. Um, there's not that many Lathan Watts out there. So you can find me uh, on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. Um, so uh, you can subscribe. We, we've got a page on YouTube, uh, Snarky Parenthetical. Um, how many more times can I say the name of the show? I know, I love it. Well, it's branding, so yeah. keep it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, uh, find us and uh, subscribe. You know, keep keep listening, keep watching. Uh, you're welcome to, you know, post comments, suggest some topics you might want us to, to cover. Uh, I may or may not uh, <laughs> take your suggestion. but Right here, um, it says, stop calling it almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it isn't. Oh, that's just so great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, yeah, we had fun uh, with, with episode one and uh, got some good feedbacks and uh, people seem, seem to like it. So, yeah, uh, this looking is forward so to, great. To going forward, doing this thing on a weekly basis. And, and, and the picture on your face, this is so funny. It's... <laughs> You, I mean, it, it just all fits together. I'm like, I'm like the look on your face, the picture that you have up here. Yes, highly caffeinated, mildly, mildly, mildly irritated. And you know, this is one of those things that you can catch it, catch it on your ride home. A lot of us are still, a lot of folks are still working from home. Yeah. So I, I would say catch it on your way to get your first glass of wine. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, this, this is definitely. The more you drink, the funnier <laughs> I am. I promise you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so great. Well, I, I, we're just wishing you nothing but huge success with this. I get a chance to pop in studio and, yeah, and you're gonna chime in today. a little bit today, so yep. that'll be fun. So, um, so listen for a whole lot of laughter and just you know. And again, there with all of the um, and here and obviously you come on our show as you know as this expert when it comes to you know freedom of religion and you you have you're a very good lawyer. You're very good at what you do. You've got a lot of serious life experience, but I think what the world needs now is more of this. They need more of your podcast. Um, I hope so. Because we just, um, we've gotten to a point where everything, and not that there's, I get it. You know, mental. We've got a mental health crisis like nobody's sure. business in this country, and um, we've got we have got some serious issues. We've got you know. Um, well, he, we actually talked yeah. about this uh, yeah. on the first on the first episode. How. Um, if somebody tells you, I don't, I don't think there's anything that that you cannot laugh at, or and, and there and there shouldn't be anything that right. that you're not allowed to laugh at, because if if somebody tells you that topic is too serious or that person's too important or that whatever that is that they tell you you can't laugh at, that has power over you. Right, right, yeah, that, that's a, I didn't think about that. That's a good point, and so, and that's been the role of comedy. Well, throughout history, it's but, just sort of. I, poke holes in some of those it, things. It and is. Say, hey, you're not that big a deal. Look at some of these comedians who have come under fire, That's though. what we're going to talk. That's segment two on the show today. Okay. The death of comedy. Which, because I'm just sitting here thinking of some of the greats, and I'll save this, I'll save who some of my favorites are, that wouldn't be able to make it in today's society. And I'm like, there's something very wrong with that. If you can't look at yourself in the mirror and make fun of yourself, wow. Yeah. You know, some something's gone really it's wrong. It's totally fine to take you know, your, your work seriously to take your life Absolutely. seriously. But if you start taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think, unfortunately, we do have a society where, and not everybody, I mean, obviously the crew is excluded from this conversation. <laughs> they're, they're not part of this. But the, the people who 
um, they're pounding their chest, and they're literally tearing somebody who they agree agree with 80% of the time. They're ripping that person right. to shreds. I'm like, wait a second. We, we need each other, you know, yeah. especially like in the political arena. Oh, I course. see that Reagan going on. That. You know, somebody that agrees with you on nine out of ten items is not a ten percent traitor. Yeah, that's an ally. Exactly, and and I think we've just gotten away from that. And you know, it's interesting. Um, and then we're—I think Andrew's um, Andrew's in the waiting room. But um, we—I um, look at this and I'm like, okay, for years, and and JP and I have talked about this on the show, and you you may have even been on some of these shows where we talked about how you know we've really got to have these young kids, and we kept talking about the youth on social media. Mm-hmm. Oh, and these young kids on social media, and they put inappropriate things out there, which I'm not saying they, they still don't. That's not, um, uh, that's not, that's not the case. Um, but the, um, the, the, we always were talking about how bullying became a 24 seven thing. Right. When social media appeared, because right. then it's not like at three thirty. Oh, thank God, I don't have to be around my the person right. who bullies me anymore. Now that person and all the people who follow them are bullying yeah. me while I'm at home, while while I'm trying to, you know, relax or do my homework or eat dinner with my family or whatever the case is. But what I'm seeing, I'm seeing the adults who've gotten just as bad. Oh yeah, as the kids. Am yeah. I? I mean, do you? Are you seeing? Yeah, you know absolutely. what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, I just, um, I don't, um, I just. I think part of it is you I got. I just don't get it. You got a lot of uh, moms and dads who are living vicariously through their own kids. Oh. And trying to uh-huh. maybe have what they didn't have when they were that age, yep. whether it's popularity or, or whatever. Um, and I don't know if it makes them feel young again or whatever, but you know what? Like, I, I remember having this conversation with, with my daughters when they were, very young, because now when they're when they're real little, um, like the ultimate, uh, like mic drop is, well, you're not my friend. Yeah, you're right, right. You're not a friend and anymore. Exactly, yeah. and I can't remember if one of them said that to me because they, they weren't happy about something, and I made it very clear. I was like, you're right. I'm not your friend. Yeah, yeah. I'm your father. Yep. You're not old enough to be my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe someday we will May- be friends. I hope we are someday. I'm your father and you're my child. Yep. It's not my job to be your friend. I've had that it's much same, more important. I've had that same to conversation. And there you, are yeah. way too many people trying to be friends and with their kids. And it's kind of jarring cuz they're like yeah, if you're trying to be your kid's buddy, um and even when you're, you know, your kids, like, you know, in their older high school years, there's still t- stuff you've just got to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I know this seems like it's not it fair. It is what it is. And it sucks and everything. But, hey, I, I'm 54. I've got some years of experience on you. That ain't, That's not happening. Yeah. You know, and, and it is tougher to do that than to say, oh, sure, that's okay, whatever. And it's much tougher to do that if you've spent the previous 15 years being friends. Yep. And now oh. you want to say, oh, well, I'm the authority figure. Let me tell you. If Good you, luck. You you can't and I my and as a matter of fact my dad's on um, watching right now and my um, stepmom I hope her procedure's going well this morning tell Liz we love her, um, but um, my dad gave me some of the best advice I received before I, I was getting ready I was living with him getting ready to go to my first um, first day of teaching at Plano East Senior High and I'm you know just graduated from college so I'm only a handful of years older than these kids. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm very close to their age. And he said, you know, kid, he said, he said, make sure you start off strict and stern. Make sure you've got your rules down pat. Right. Um, he said, you can always ease up yep. 
and be the nicer teacher. He said, but you can never come in and set those boundaries again. It was fantastic advice. You know, I was a special education teacher, and then I ended up also being the drill team coach, one of the drill team coaches at Plano East. And that advice was huge because I really, you know, and I had some some young men who would try to ask me to homecoming or ask me out on dates. And <laughs> well, because I was, you know, I was single you when I first started uh, teaching, yeah. and, and I was so thinking I about drew that. a line in the sand. I, you have to, you absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing you can get fired for yeah. as a teacher yeah. any, anymore. The, I, mean, I made it real clear, unions, like, nope. The Ms. teachers Parker's unions will protect you for if you're just a bad teacher, yeah. you're not any good at the job. But that's one thing. <laughs> you're on your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? Okay, <laughs> good yeah, luck get, to you. get rid of. But I was thinking about that. When you had the former Miss Texas on. Yeah. And she was talking about, like, being a kindergarten teacher, you know, you kind of set the, you're kind of the, the standard yeah. that gets set, set and what they compare, you know, that's the beginning of their educational experience. And I was sitting there thinking, like, <laughs> you know, also, she's setting the standard for, like, many years from now, <laughs> the guys in her class yeah. are going to be talking about their first crushes. And it was Miss. It was a former Miss Texas. And her kids are going to be saying, "Well, yeah. you know what? My kindergarten teacher was Miss Texas. Yes. Top that. <laughs> yeah, So mic drop. Yeah, yeah. exactly. End of <laughs> that, conversation. That's so true. You yeah. win. I win. I'm right. the winner. That's so funny. I love it. I love it. Well, and and um, we're getting ready to have Andrew on. I'm very much looking forward to your show today. Um, and and Guzman said when we're talking about comedians, and this is so sad but true. She said Johnny Carson today would be dead in the water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And can you imagine not <clears throat> have had him and his humor to grow up with? Yeah. And but now not, it would be a lawsuit a minute. Uh, absolutely. And it's not to say that comedians don't occasionally cross the line. Yep. You know, and, and maybe say something that, oh, okay, that's a yeah. little, that, that's, that's a little overboard. But that's how they, that's how we establish where the line is. Yeah. Right? And it's sort of their job to do that. Like they're the ones like, yeah. I mean, certain types of comedies, you know, different types of like it's also kind of social commentary right and or satire right right and that's kind of what we want we should want them to do i'm so glad you're talking about this today because this is a yeah there's this could be a two-hour show just on that segment you know so definitely to the snarky parenthetical um another great show to tune into every saturday morning is kilroy's conversation and we have chuck wright and andrew white who are the co-hosts of that show who do a um a phenomenal job and we were so excited and on sunday um, I got to be part of their um, production for a special edition of Kilroy's Conversation. We were out at the, um, I'm going to mess it up, the Katie Trail and the Katie Ice House um, with Carrie the Load. So, um, good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good morning. How are you all doing? We're doing well. Where's your beautiful face? We're only hearing your voice. I I don't know. Um, <laughs> you should have them. Um... There you there are. There we go. Hey. <laughs> there you All right, are. Sorry. <laughs> Andrew White of Kilroy's Conversation. We love this guy. Um, d- y'all did a great uh, job. <laughs> y'all did a great job on the show, um, the special edition on Sunday. Um, let's talk about Carry the Load. Um, sure. I, you know, I, like I told people, um, like I told the crew earlier this morning, um, I think I cried five different times while I was out there. I, I was just blown uh-huh. away. And please talk about the 9-11 log because I didn't know about that, and that about set me over the edge. Well, um, the 9-11, I'll start off with that. Um, it's a log that has been carried for as long as I've been uh, attending the um, – Care of the load event every year. 
And the weight of that log is the exact weight of all of the individuals that we lost during the uh, attacks on 9-11. Mm. Um, it's a crew of, what, roughly about, uh, I don't know, um, 10 people, I think, carry it. Um, I didn't count, but, I mean, it's an extremely heavy, heavy, heavy log. Mm. And they carry that thing a couple hundred yards at a time to kind of, that's who they're carrying. You know, it's a symbol of, it's really mm. the symbol of what Carry the Load all about. It's who are you carrying, their memory. And it's a memory of all the individuals that were lost on 9-11 that day. Um, it's a very powerful um, thing to watch. And you, you see it. It every is. year and like you said if that doesn't uh inspire you i'm not quite sure what will yeah if, if i i'm quite sure you don't have a heart if that doesn't move you it, it was just yeah. when you when you when we i saw it out there and i was like oh that's interesting you know because everybody else had you know like you know you had folks who had the t-shirts on or somebody had backpacks on that had you know a, a, a picture of the person who they were quote unquote carrying um and then when right. i saw that log and you're like oh and you told me about it I, I I I was just, I was blown away, and I said that is yeah, one of the most incredible things I have ever seen. Yeah, it, it's pretty special. Um, you watch it, and you see, and they do that all night long. Uh, it's a crew. It's dedication. Um, it's pretty impressive. It really uh, is. To put it mildly, that's amazing. Well, talk to um, us about how the show was incredible. Yeah, you that know, to be out there. That was um, so great to be there live. Yeah, after missing last year because of COVID, to be able to return this year live at the Katy Trail Lighthouse was just awesome. It was really a great time to be there. Um, and remember why we were there is the most important thing. So um, it, it was really a great thing. I encourage everyone, if you didn't donate, you still, I believe, can go on the website, carry the load, and donate. I believe today is the last day to donate. Um, I know they set a record number this year of donations received so uh keep up the great work yes. um they're doing good stuff what they do is they don't just take care of themselves they take care of other veteran and first yes. responder organizations yes. that says quite a bit about who they are what they do and it's amazing uh, i'm really proud to be part of it every year to help them out um and and it's a good time and keep in mind when i say the word good time it's not like hey, hey party it's more of you know, and I talked to several folks who are out there. It's in a lot of cases, the one time a year I get to see some of these folks. And it's refreshing to see, okay, they're doing okay. Especially coming after the events of last year, to really be able to reconnect. It's been two years I've seen some of the people out there that I've seen. And you re-engage with them. And it's like, wow, time just flew by. Because the moment you see them, you give them those big embracing hugs. It's pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Time well spent. It, it really, it really is. And yeah, yeah you know, you, you you've got folks out there who are, um, you know, honoring and remembering um, those that. So I'm walking around paid. my house right now. Oh no uh, worries. <laughs> no, the, no worries. Um, the um, you know, you 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 honor and remember those who are out there. So it is a very it's it's there's it's you've got um, a feeling of reverence, I should say, when you're out there. Yeah. But then, uh, you great, know, people, great analogy. You, you know, but at the same time, 
people are celebrating those who, because a lot of what I was blown away by, and, and you had some people who were in wheelchairs, and they're part of Carry the mm-hmm. Load because doggone it, they they at least came oh, home. Oh, God. And, and I, I was blown away. Everybody under yeah. the sun. Yeah. So, it, so how do you people know, it, get involved? Because I know we're really going to be pushing this starting about six months ahead on y'all's show next year and on our show as well. So how, how do y'all, um, how can people get involved? What can, they, like I said, they can donate today financially. Yes. Number one thing to do to get involved is go onto the website, carrytheload.org, and sign up. And signing up does not mean you have to make a financial contribution. I understand some people can't. Some people can't. That's okay. Right. The important thing is just getting on there, spreading the word. And then if you are able to, you don't have to walk the full 20 hours. I did it. Very few people do. Yeah. But if you can and you're able to, hey, all the power to you. Yep. But even if you just walk a little ways, you're there. You're part of it. And yes. let me tell you, your feeling of self and respect for all those out there putting that out in the line. The reason why we have that day, it will really touch you. And you see the memorials all throughout the walk, yeah. all the different folks. Um, I love how um, the you know the fallen officers they have an incredible tribute to all of the men and women you know who put on that shield every day and protect us twenty four seven out there. That memorial every year, sadly, it grows, but. Man, it is pretty powerful. I love walking by that and taking a little bit of time to read the stories. That means something to me. Is like who this individual was. That right. is something that to me it is personal. You know, yes. it's like I never knew them, but I like the fact that I have the opportunity to get to know them just a little bit, oh, just their yeah. history of what yeah. they did. That's special. Yeah, you know, I, I like I like that. I That's so true. Those to do that. Yeah, I it just it, you know what what an what an amazing experience. Thank thank you and um, uh, Chuck Wright so much for bringing this um, opportunity to the crew and just thank you for all you do. Um, let's talk about um, ah. uh, this weekend. What what do y'all have going on oh, on your show? It's going to be a knowledge bomb show. <laughs> we got, we're going to be talking about <laughs> give you guys just a little teaser. We got three big topics. Right. Starting off today, just so everyone knows. Today was the start of the Battle of Midway, the turning point for America and the Allies in World War II. That is right. Today in history is when the uh, engagement uh, started, and it went all the way through June 6th. On June 6th, everybody knows that is D-Day. Yep, yep. We will be talking about the acts and events of D-Day. And to wrap it up on kind of a cool note, most people don't realize this, and we'll explain it. There was a tie to donuts in military history. <laughs> oh, can't wait to hear that. Tomorrow. Can't wait to hear can't that. Find that out. Especially especially since these guys, they always bring donuts in studio. Right. I mean, it's it's so donuts great. Donuts in military history. What else do you need? Yeah, that, right. that's I'm sold. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Andrew. So, we appreciate you, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Um, have a great show. Everybody tune in from 8 to 9 a.m. every Saturday for Kilroy's Conversation. Uh, you guys do great stuff for the veterans community, and we just love y'all, and we're so grateful that you're part of our part of our crew. Awesome. Well, y'all have a great day. Take care now. You too. All Thanks, right. Andrew. Uh, good stuff, and that's a high note to end the Absolutely. show on. Um, just, 
Again, Anytime you can end a show on donuts. Uh, yeah, yeah. Carry the load and donuts. Why not? Life doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. They tune in today, right around 5. We'll have notifications that go out. Um, Go and follow, I just did, the Snarky Parenthetical, so you can get an alert on the show. Um, Can't wait for the show today. Yeah, the the comedian thing alone is... That's God, that's a superb topic, because, you know, you've had comedians under fire who haven't been able to host major award shows. Not that I watch any of those shows anymore, but, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, the Snarky Parenthetical today around five o'clock with Lathan Watts and um, thank you to Madison for being on the show today and Susan Schuler for getting her on the show um, we appreciate y'all um, any parting words of wisdom none whatsoever <laughs> okay see that's what you can expect on Lathan's show it's great I'm just saying All right. I make no promises <laughs> love y'all have a blessed weekend we'll see you Monday